Hello everyone and welcome to our first episode of Red Soul Tech Talks. My name is Terry, is my English name. Prairie Buffalo is my Michif or Indian name. And today we're going to just be covering some things that, uh, you know, native businesses, communities, uh, just tribal folks in general, some of the things that we go through, uh, res life in general. And, you know, my experiences with that, I grew up on the Turtle Mountain Reservation in Belcourt, North Dakota. And, uh, you know, some of the things that I experienced there were a lot of poverty at the time. You know, I, I grew up there in the 80s, 80s and 90s. And uh, just some of the things that I went through and saw, there wasn't really a lot of, of employment there wasn't a lot of uh, real opportunity, you know, for Native people, uh, educated or otherwise. You know, they had really have to move away from the reservation in order to, you know, really get gainful employment unless you want to work in a casino or you want to work in it. And it's not to say that, you know, those particular positions are not, you know, something that would be that could be gainful for folks. But, you know, real opportunities for things is something other than those things, you know, opportunities as, you know, extended uh, beyond those particular skill sets. And, and again, it's not anything bad or negative towards those, but, you know, to be gainful and, and you know, uh, successful in something, you know, that would really require a lot of skill. You know, in my reservation, we had things like, you know, manufacturing plants. Uh, we had a manufacturing plant. And I think we had at the time, it was uh, a company that manufactured my, uh, chips, microchips but things you know as as growing up on the reservation there was a lot of poverty a lot of alcoholism you know uh, my mother was a teacher for almost 40 years my my father he, you know he worked in that manufacturing plant for i believe it was 15 years and then he moved to our, our ihs you know to uh to the hospital and uh, he's been there ever since but you know it wasn't without its degrees of of difficulty and you know i had four other brothers growing up on the reservation and you know going through that I was the second oldest of five so I mean it, that in itself has its own set of um, challenges and obstacles you know five boys I mean you really really keeps you busy on your toes you know my brothers you know you know it just we were constantly at each other's throats so I mean it's <laughs> I pity my folks for you know just some of the things that I'm going through as a parent so Mom and Dad, I'm sorry. <laughs> but, um, you know, just a lot of what was available to us as, as kids wasn't really, I mean, to me, we got the very basic uh, of education. Some of our, you know, uh, experiences came to those that were really into education and really wanted to further that in, in, in a lot of other aspects like um you know, I remember there were some programs for us as kids through the college that we had um, that were, you know, at the time, rudimentary uh, computer classes. You know, um, this was back in the time of the giant boxy Apple computers and, you know, when technology was still brand new and, and having a home computer was still unheard of. So and at the time, you know, the expense of something like that was just astronomical. But, 
you know, as I grew up and watched things, you know, unfold and technology increase and uh, things really started to move in that direction as far as, you know, what's available, how it's becoming available, how quickly it became available. Um, and being on a reservation as a kid, you start thinking, oh, this is Star Trek is possible. You know, you can start beaming into, you know, different <laughs> different places things like that by the time we're in you know 2035 or flying cars and mr jetson and you know all those kind of things would be possible by the time we we get to be old people (laughs) well you know at this point you know like i said just there was a lot on the reservation that really wasn't available to you know for those particular opportunities you know just very basic things that were, you know, provided to students and, and, you know, kids at the time. There really wasn't a lot of extracurricular. You know, there was basketball, football, um, baseball was a way of life during that time. But then again, it was also an era before, you know, smartphones and, and everybody had had one. And, you know, it was one of those things that a lot of uh, a lot of us had to use our imagination to to really you know, one, make connections with other kids and <laughs> and also be social. You know, there was no social media. Our social media was, you know, uh, school dances or, you know, prom or homecoming and, and, and all your friends, hey, you just meet you there. And then you get on the, the teen line phone and you call up your buddy and you're like, hey, I'm, I'm, I'm on my way to the dance or I'll meet you there or, you know, this or that. And then you wouldn't hear from one another until you were either there or you saw each other in person, which is very strange to me today. You know, my son, you know, being in high school, I myself, I'm a a father of four. And, um, you know, my son in high school right now, he, (laughs) the, the, the dynamics and how that's all different in a different times and different, you know, age we live in. You know, the information age where everybody knows everything and, you know, all they got to do is pick up a phone or, you know, ask Alexa or Google or Siri or, you know, whatever the case may be. So it's different really, you know, at this point in time from the, the, the reservation life that I grew up in to where we are today. But, you know, some of the other things that really impacted some of that, you know, it's hard to talk about you know, current native events without talking about the history, you know, um, you know, current native statuses on reservations and, and how economics are working and how, you know, all of these things really fit together without talking about history. And a lot of it, it's dark. You know, a lot of our history as native peoples is, is dark. You know, we, we were, we were basically corralled into boarding schools and stripped of everything that we ever knew as people you know, and forced to, to speak the English language and, and cut our hair and, and basically conform to what the boarding school said we should be as human beings and started to lose our identity as people and as a race. So, I mean, with that said, you know, some of those generational traumas, they really, they really change, you know, they have changed, their, you know, entire race of people you know and that's from every tribe from here to into canada i mean you're really starting to hear some of these stories from survivors of, of boarding schools and how how that's impacted their lives and and 
you know, whether it's a, a grandson of a grand, you know, uh, you know, of folks that were in boarding schools and, 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 you know, how that's affected them as a, as a grandson or granddaughter. So, I mean, without it, it's, it's, it is really dark, but you know, at the end of the day, you know, a lot of, of native American tribes have, whether they had boarding schools in their town or a reservation, whether they, they were sent, which was usually the case, they were usually sent across the state or into another state so if they actually tried to run, they, they wouldn't be able to. So, I mean, you know, looking at some of these things that have, have uh, been uh, an, uh, an epidemic to, to Native people, you know, that historical trauma that really, you know, has changed uh, a lot of families and a lot of people and how they, they view life and how what's, what's normal versus what's, okay, that's, that's a learned behavior and, you know, all of those kind of things that tie together, you, you know, it's not something that really just, you know, we as uh, Native tribes speak about because it is, it's tough. It's, it's a tough thing, you know, really to kind of help bridge those gaps in, in the fact that, um, you know, who, it, it's embarrassing to us as people. You know, who wants to admit that there's something wrong or these things happen to your family? You know, my my own impacts, you know, uh, as far as generational trauma trauma go uh, would stem into you know, my mother. You know, she had she was in a, a part of a large family. I mean, she had 13 brothers and sisters. You know, her 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 parents had split up and, you know, the, the kids were basically, you know, spread to the four winds. And my mother was placed in foster care and, you know, all these things started to really snowball, you know. Um, my mom had shared you know, several, several stories about, you know, some of the things she endured while she was in school. And it, it, it was, a, I can't say it was necessarily a boarding school, but it was a Catholic school. And some of the stories she had mentioned, there was, you know, she went through a lot of tough times in school and, you know, even some of the hard things that she had to deal with is, is you know, she went through uh, the abuses and the things that she had to go through from folks at school. So I, I you know, I, I've had my own impacts when it comes to generational trauma. The fact that people think that they know better what's best for, for me, not just me personally, but for me, you know, us as a people, you know, is something that I very much will stand up for. I, I just, you know, somebody with that mentality, that attitude and, you know, coming in and being treated like, you know, second class because, oh, I have a, big, a bigger degree or I have this experience or I this or I that. And it's not necessarily something, and it goes back to something that I've heard several times over from several Native people that have stood up against the same kind of, you know, and that's the sad fact is these people, they, they really think that these are new concepts where, well, you know, you're going to do this because I say you're going to do this or you're going to do this because I think it's what's best for you. Well, that's great. You keep that to yourself. You know, it's kind of my mentality on that. But the fact that, you know, it doesn't matter how much schooling you have as a native person. It doesn't matter how much, you know, uh, experience you have in any one field, 
there's always going to be that someone that is okay. Well, you're you're less than because 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 you're native or because you this or because you have these mindsets or you have these beliefs. And it's not necessarily something that they even realize, I think, in my personal experiences, they realize that they're doing themselves. It's just, it's just a natural insecurity. And, and I don't know if it's just geared toward Native people or if it's geared towards anybody or anyone that they, you know, they might, might encounter in their lives. But, you know, myself, you know, coming from where I come from and, and being around the people I've been around and, and you know, as an adult... I, I've been slowly waking up and, and seeing that identity, you know, being able to do some of the things I've done in the business that I'm actually building and, and how that's, you know, stems from generational trauma. You know, the things that we were told, oh, no, you can't do that. No, you can't do that. Oh, you know, I've learned throughout my life because of some of those experiences that you just because somebody says you can't do something, watch me. Watch me. You know, that's my mentality. Watch me. You don't think I can do that? Watch me. I'll do it. I'll get it done. You know, between my bachelor's degree, my associate's degree, the amount of life experience I've had. I've lived all over the country, all over the Midwestern United States, from North Dakota to Texas. I've lived on the East Coast. I've had, you know, I've lived and, you know, I've been to a lot of different reservations in my lifetime. I've, I've, I've seen what poverty looks like, in, and especially in some of the more, you know, uh, densely populated you know native american reservations where they're really treated horribly you know um it's 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 sad to see that so many of us as native peoples kind of slip into that and and you know it just then it becomes second nature that okay well this is just the way it is this is just the way it is and and you know that should never have been you know gotten we should have never gotten to this point you know, and again, it's, it's, I, you know, again, it's, it's a lot of, of, you know, slippery slopes of, you know, this is the hand we've been dealt and, and how do we come back from that? How do we come back from that? How do we come back from so many years of, of that trauma that that's been a stigma and it still is a stigma. I mean, you, you're still hearing about these, these boarding schools with um, bodies buried underneath and, 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 you know, just all of these horrible things that, that, you know, just still, still uh, happen and occur that are still being discovered. And that's, you know, something that's, that's just a part of our history. And there's been so many of us, you know, that, that are really leading the way, you know, and, and some of which I've actually had the pleasure of, of meeting, you know, talking to, getting to know, and just listening to them speak, you know, they, they, they have that drive. They want that, that, you know, restored, you know, uh, reverence that we used to hold as native peoples before, before colonization happened, before, you know, all of these things were put into place. And, and this, you know, whole mentality of, it was, well, you can't be a native American, you know, you can't, it's just, it's not something that, you know, is going to be allowed, you know, it's, it's just, it's not something that we can, you know, we're going to tolerate or allow and we're even want for that matter. So, you know, with that said, the, the tribes of old were masters of their environment, you know, and that was the one thing that really, 
you know, in my mind, was one of the, the, the most, you know, magical things to me, I guess, would be a, a good way to put that. I mean, you know, there's probably a better word out there, but to me, how tribes were able to maneuver and, you know, really just read their environment and listen to how things, you know, the, the to nature. They were so connected to that in a, in a way that has never been seen since. You know, uh, the chiefs in our in our society were, were not just, you know, I'm going to tell you what to do and you're going to do it. They listened to their people. They They were, you know, folks that held a lot on their shoulders, but they also were, they, that their role was to, to work with the people, not just, you know, I, I'm, you know, they're not just a king or a monarchy. They, they you know, you're going to do what I say because I said it. They practiced what they preached. They, they were right in there with the people. They were, you know, that's what make, made them. That's what an effective leader is, is listening to your, to your, your, your tribe or your people and, and working with them in a way that, you know, that's going to be beneficial, not just to one, to all, but for all. And that's the ultimately the end goal, you know, with, with a lot of our, you know, our history and, and where things were. I really think that, you know, some of our tribes, and in fact, all of our tribes for that matter, I don't speak for everybody, you know, but these are just my opinions on this. And, and so just based on some of my own experiences, but I really think that, you know, how do we come back? How do we get back to that? How do we start listening again? How do we start, you know, finding that identity to the core, not just bits and pieces? And as, as I said, you know, I, you know, just my own experiences, I've been slowly waking up to that, you know, how culture and and you know my my language and you know the it's there's just so many things tied into this and as you learn bits and pieces it's almost like a little bit of of the blindfolds taken off slowly but surely and you really start to feel that and it just feels natural you know listening to to people your whole life you know speak a language that you you, know, you only half know and it's not really allowed because when you're in school you know, yeah, you hear bits and pieces in school, you know, buju, miigwech, ashtam, you know, those are just parts of the, the, the language that, you know, general generalities. But as you start to really listen, listen to that and you're around it and you're living it again and you're breathing it and you're really feeling it, you go to sweat lodges and you're, you're praying and you're, you're sharing and you're doing all this stuff and you're, you're listening to what that, you know, what that really feels like. That, you know, how do we get back to that? How do we get back to that as a people? And, you know, our ancestors, they were able to do that, you know, naturally. You know, listening to nature, living with, with nature, not just being and owning nature, but living with it and listening. And I think that's where a lot of us have forgotten. We've, we've learned these behaviors that we, we don't listen anymore. You know, and I think, you know, some of the ways, you know, especially with the business, you know, it's why with Red Soul Technologies, you know, my my mission with this business is to be, you know, a native owned business that 
partners with tribal communities, not just one, but all. I, eventually, um, our, our, our launch project for this particular business is, a, is an artificially intelligent hologram. And we're working at building this, but, you know, of course, you have obstacles just like with any business. But what I really think that, you know, this is something that's that's I'm hoping is going to catch on and, and, you know, building and working with other tribal communities, that's that's going to make the impact because we're stronger as as in numbers than we are ever would be apart as separate entities. I really believe that, you know, to get back to that i really think that this would be something you know as a business that would really help manifest that the vessel so to speak to really start working together and building and listening and you know not necessarily you know it's not it's of course it's not it's never going to be easy if it was we would already be doing it but working together with tribes and other tribal communities and and you know doing something as a as constructive as as building something in culture and language and you know being able to have the ability to create to, to you know not just you know these this particular business and this particular launch project would would have the ability to reach into those other areas art and entertainment and music and you know you name it this would be something that would be into those eventually but ultimately, the start, you know, the artificially intelligent hologram is going to be something that, that would be speaking Ojibwe and English and answer, you know, objectively, intelligently. And that's something, again, really, I, I think that moving in that direction, you know, building with technology, that's, that's a way to manifest and get back to uh, how we can get back to uh, living as Native peoples and help us find that identity. You know, and build our own, in, in, you know, building into something that, you know, into our environment. You know, as I said at the beginning of this episode, we, we really just, you know, lost that, you know, being able to listen. And, and we're kind of in these learned behaviors of, you know, we got to have money for this. And, you know, it's the world we live in. You know, technology is being built on everything these days. And I honestly believe, you know, before too much longer, cash money and coin money is going to be obsolete. We're going to be living on credits, you know, the amount of credits in your bank. And that's ultimately what it looks like today. You know, most business is never done with cash, cash up front, cash. I mean, it's, cash is kind of, it's really just becoming more and more and more obsolete. You know, you think about how, how all of these transactions take place between business and and consumer or business to business, and, and that's ultimately it. You know, you think about Bitcoin, you think about some of this cryptocurrency that's that's now becoming and gaining and gaining and more and more. I, I really think at some point we're just money, cash money is just going to become obsolete. So with that said, you know, I'm really, you know, looking at this in a standpoint of, of building into, you know, a, a totally tribal uh, corporation. I mean, I, I really think, again, we would be much stronger in numbers than we ever would be as separate entities. You know, we're, those separate entities are built on a system that's been built to fail. You know, I, I, as far as like how, you know, the tribal council, it's not built on our, our, 
our old chief system, how, how that all worked and how that, you know, chiefs would listen to their people. And I'm not saying again, this is nothing negative on what's there. I'm just giving my opinion on how the tribal council system is something that was built on a system that was built to fail. So I'm, I'm again, you know, working on something in a, in a corporate, in a, I guess a corporation would be a word for it, but you know, start building into some of those things to, to start, you know, uniting and building bridges between tribes and making those communications available. You know, I really think that that would help push us in the right direction and, and start helping us get back to the ways of old, you know, um, being able to listen to one another without well, this, this amount of money is coming from here and that's ours, this is mine. Yes, I understand the concept behind a corporation and what makes a corporation a corporation. However, in our instance, I really think that the corporation would be a more of a unity and a shared opportunity to be able to move into something bigger than ourselves. And I honestly believe that would be something that would have the greatest impact on not just our generation, but future generations to come. As we're building and saving, you know, if we start creating these, you know, uh, holograms, that would include our history. That would include, you know, language and elder stories and, and you know, things that really have that impact for generations. You know, as people listen to their grandparents now, that's where our histories lie is in our in our our elder stories you know that's where those those things are kept and, and you know there are our knowledge keepers and our language keepers those are the things that are they seem to be dying off slowly but surely we're, we're, we we have less and less speakers in the world and i honestly believe that creating something like this and starting to master that environment again and getting back to that would start to help some of the other problems. Not, they're not going to go away because, again, you know, these are things that have been around and, and been forced on us as Native people for years. I mean, my grandparents, 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 you know, while we were still on the prairie in the, in the Turtle Mountains, you know, I, you know, I really don't think that that's something that's going to ever go away. Those scars will be deep and they run deep. But this would be a way back. This would be a way to start building building into something positive and learning how to master our environment, just like the tribes of old. And I really think that, you know, that would be something beneficial to not just, again, not just to one, but to all native people. But again, uh, folks, we're, we're kind of running short on time here. So I'm going to wrap this episode up and um, just keep listening. And uh, Hopefully some of you kind of get some information out of this and I'm really looking forward to what's coming next for Red Soul Technologies as we build into our artificially intelligent hologram. I'm really looking forward to, you know, where that goes and, and how, what that's going to look like in, as, as a complete and finished product. But it is coming. You know, we do have all of these things in place and we are, we are trying to build the funding and, you know, our LLC, I, I believe, is, is going to be something that's, that's really going to be beneficial to a lot of folks in tribal tribal communities in uh, across Indian country here in the States and into Canada. So uh, until next week, miigwech, you.